It's that time again. America's favorite fan-centric podcast is about to leave the station. From memory lane to Awesome Avenue, be it sports, social, or otherwise, we'll explore it all together while trying to keep it on the road one trip at a time. So sit your ass down, keep your hands in the vehicle, and buckle up, bitches, because you just got on the fan bus. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back to the fan bus. It's your girl, Ange, driving this bus. I have a pretty awesome co-pilot with me today, and let me tell you about her. I am going to be talking with Lily Miller today. She is a rock star, not really a rock star, but she's a rock star in my book from Missoula, Montana, and she's doing amazing things. So, I'm going to run down the list of amazing things that I know about Lily before I introduce you, Lily. So I'm going to take a deep breath here. Uh, Lily was part of uh, the U.S. Senate Youth Program, I believe, uh, recognized by uh, the Points of Light organization, right? She is a Project Bridge Youth Ambassador. She founded Lily's Lovebirds when she was quite young, actually. And she started iPlay organization, which is Girls Supporting Girls in Sports. She's also a published poet. She was on the 25 under 25 list, as far as I understand. She loves racing, bikes. She is a hockey player. She enjoys skiing. She apparently likes surfing river eddies. <laughs> Right? Um, and also whitewater rafting. She plays lacrosse, I just found out. Lily, I'm not sure what it is that you don't do, but I also found out that you are to be valedictorian of your class and that you also have dyslexia. <laughs> Lily, you are an incredible human being, and I'm welcoming you to my show. I had to run through this list to make sure I wasn't going to miss anything because there's a lot to cover. How are you today? I am so good. Thank you so much for that wonderful in introduction. Um, I don't know if I live up to all of those, but I really try. <laughs> oh my gosh. I So this is the part where we get to this the story where I tell people, can you tell the folks at home how old you are? Um, I am 17 years old. I will be turning 18 this summer. So you are doing incredible things, and you're not even a full-blown, on-paper, certified adult yet. <laughs> nope, not yet. I love this. I love this. I love this. So I have so much to cover, and I really want to talk about a lot of different things. Um, can you tell me, so I, I think that, and also, too, you're looking at getting scholarships, as I understand, Correct. Yes, I am. I actually have quite a few scholarships. I'm lucky enough to, uh, no matter what school I decide to go to, I don't have to pay for college. That's so incredible. Uh, your parents must be so proud of you. I'm sh certain of it. I'm certain of it. Um, and I understand they're pretty amazing people as well. I wanted to talk about, like, the the first thing that probably we should talk about, I think, is, is your Lily's Lovebirds project that you started uh, when you were quite young. And I would like, can you explain to everybody what that is, how that started, and how old you were, and what that means to you? Okay, so the Lily's Lovebird Project, it's kind of very important to who I am. And I started it when I was in fourth grade, actually. And so 
it all was initiated from reading the book I Am Malala. I uh, this it's a story about um, Malala Yousafzai who can't um, go to school due to uh, war within her country and religious restrictions, and. I was mind blown that girls couldn't go to school because I just love learning so much and that opportunity. And so during a similar time, so prior to reading I Am Malala, like I would say a year prior, my class was raising money for our All Abilities Playground and I sewed little um, stuffed lovebirds. And Uh, they're kind of made out of fabric scraps and they're kind of like a little stuffed animal. And so I wanted to make these by hand, right? I mean, correct. Yes, I make these these by by hand. hand. (laughs) It takes about 30 minutes to make, um, a lovebird if you were to separate it all out. But, um, me and my sister do them together and they, uh, we can pump them out pretty quickly. It's been (laughs) quite a few years, so we've got the hang of it. And awesome. uh, going back to how it started, I um, was, I'd read I Am Alala and then I was sewing these lovebirds and I loved doing that. And so I wanted to combine them and I started sewing lovebirds and rate and all the proceeds and selling them and all the proceeds go to helping girls go to school. And initially they went to the Malala fund, but um, we, when I like right at the very beginning of the program, I met up with the Conscious Connections Foundation, which is based out of Nepal, and it's based in and in Spokane, which is closer to Missoula, Montana, and okay. so that's where all of our proceeds go now. That's so awesome. That's I mean, <laughs> that's like feel good stuff. So people have a chance and opportunity to buy your lovebirds, which I'm assuming they do that online. Um, are able people able to make donations to that as well? Or is it just like, can you make donations and buy lovebirds? Or how does that work? Uh, yes, I have a website on- online. It's liliesLovebirds.com. And okay. uh, you can buy lovebirds and you can also make donations. Um, and during COVID, we also sewed um, scrap masks and you could buy okay. those as well. That's super cool. So, like, I'm, I was touched when I heard this because you, as Americans, um, I think for sure we take a lot of things for granted as an example. And a lot of people I know um, are not aware that the world is bigger than the world that they are, are living in, that they're submersed in, in their day-to-day life. And so I feel like... I was touched by this when I heard that you had started this at such a young age uh, because it really, like, you were saddened at the idea that people, children, were not able to go to schools and to learn and how sad that was for you. But it also reminded me about how, you know, sometimes as adults, adults sometimes tend to overcomplicate stuff, right? And they get into a place where... Um, they kind of feel like, oh, like, I don't know, how would I even make a difference? Or what I do doesn't count, it doesn't matter. But all of that matters. Like, if you're changing just one person's life um, or making it better, just one person, that person can impact the entire world. And so what you're doing is really special. And to have the, the deep feeling of connection and 
to know that that sort of a thing is important at such a young age. I was really, really touched by the idea that you had started that so young because, you know, like little kids, I mean, you were a little kid, right? And little kids are like, oh, that's sad. That person's not going to school. Let's give them money to go to school. And it's that easy. It's really actually that easy, but people don't take the time or make the effort. Um, and so to me, I think that that mission, when I found out about it, is much more profound because it was seen and started through the eyes of a child. And it's so simple. Humanity is a very simple thing. And um, so I just thought that was really wonderful, like really, really spectacular. Um, but then you've always, have you always been involved in athletics then? You've always been like into sports Tell me a little bit about hockey and what that's like in the sports that you do and um, and how you got involved with being an advocate for iPlay. Like, how did that all start out? <laughs> so my parents are very athletic. And as a child, I was kind of thrown into sports. And I've just always been playing sports. So it's very much a part of who I am. And... Um, touching on the first thing is, so I play hockey with my high school boys team. Uh, this year we just won state for my senior year, which was, thank yeah. you so much. It was so much fun. We ended up beating, uh, the undefeated mile city team to get into the oh, championship. Wow. Fantastic. So what position do you play? I normally play uh, a center, a wing position, um, a forward okay. position. But this year, I was moved back to defense, which I was, don't get me wrong, I was not excited about this change. But then once I got back on defense, I realized the importance of this role. And I actually really grew. And I don't think it I would have grown in that so role. Important. Yeah, I think yeah. people who play badass or badass play defense are totally <laughs> badass. So it's super important. So that's impressive to me. That's very cool. So you enjoy that, the the position change. Uh yes. I think uh it's really important to be able to play all over the field. And or I forgive me, I'm in lacrosse season right now, so I said field, but all <laughs> over the rink. <laughs> and um It's okay. Yeah. I don't know. I think it taught me that you don't like, I've always been playing forward and I always, always been training to be a forward, but how much I can like change and ch switch up roles and how more flexible I am than so I initially thought I was. Have, yeah. Yeah. Do you have a girl's team or are you just on the boys team or is there a boys team and a girl's team or you're just so good that you're on the boys team? Like, how does that work? Um, so in Montana, we don't have, like, a super uh, strong girls program. And everyone okay. usually starts off playing co-ed hockey. And so mm -hmm. I have always just been since – I've been skating since I was two. Uh, my dad's from Wisconsin. My mom's Canadian. It's, like, kind of, like, the most two hockey places you blood. can get. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And You're born so, wearing hockey skates. <laughs> uh, yeah. Almost. <laughs> I had some pretty small ones, little tiny hockey skates. But, um, oh, yeah, so I've been always playing with co-ed. And it's okay. kind of been me and a few other girls. And then as I got older, um, girls kept, like, would switch over to the guys program. And I just, 
didn't really realize that I was a girl playing with boys and we were just a team and I'd always grown up with these kids and I was really comfortable. And then once I had the decision to make to play boys hockey checking, which is Bantam League and girls hockey, I wanted to play the more in the more developed, um, more competitive league. And so me and my good friend were some of the first girls to play full checking hockey in Missoula and went into Bantam, which is the age group right before high school. And then I actually played girls hockey for a year. We, I switched over and we got second in D2, uh, championships in on the western western united states and then i switched back to boys after uh that team collapsed so (laughs) and finished off strong and with the boys playing checking hockey that's amazing and they all enjoy you i mean they appreciate you and your talent and they don't treat you any differently i would imagine it's just you're like you said you're just a team yeah, um, I do get uh, – hockey is definitely a very vocal sport. There's a lot of, like, um, kind of, like, you're the, a lot of goons. You, like, kind of right. uh, – I don't know how to describe it. A lot of co- talking back and forth, kind of, like, sure. pissing each other off. And yeah. so yeah. I do I do get some comments um, from other teams that way. But yeah. everyone on my team has – always been again I like grew up with them and I think that just through the act of growing up with them and playing hockey it's taught them that oh girls can play hockey and like be full checking and competitive and good athletes as well and it's also taught me that I can do that so then when people are smack talking you when you're playing in the middle of a game and everybody does it like guys do it to guys Girls do it to guys, guys do it to girls, you know, um, people in the stands, whoever, I'm sure. Like, so you get a lot of that, and uh, some of it is directed towards you because you're a girl. Do you, does that, I mean, it doesn't get to you, does it? I think, I, I feel like people at a certain level, it kind of fuels them. Or, like, you're, like, laughing in your head at them, or do you get pissed? Like, how does, how do you handle that? What is that like for you at your age? Like, I really, really am curious to know. Um, so typically, um, I'm not the most vocal smack talker when I'm on the ice, but Mm -hmm. I will throw back a few comments. Uh, I know this was just within my team, actually. One time, uh, I like, I threw a hockey, like stick tape that was like, and I threw into the trash. It was old stick tape, but Mm -hmm. I missed. And one of my like boys hockey teammates was like, you throw like a girl. And I was like, you could throw, you could throw like that too. If you tried a little harder or something like that. And so I'll throw stuff back, but mostly when I'm on the ice, it does fuel me. And I just think it's, I kind of think it's funny because I know that I'm getting in their head. Like if they're talking back to me, it's probably because they're trying to get mess with me and I'm (laughs) getting in their head. And so a lot of times I'll just like smile and laugh and that will piss them off even more that I'm <laughs> n- not really like paying attention to them. But I think it's funny. 
It is funny. And I think that it's really funny that you bring that up because I feel like when people lose their cool and they mouth off, it is a total sign of weakness or fear. Um, I also feel like it's a sign of immaturity. And um, sometimes people do those kinds of things when they're, you know, not educated enough or don't feel like they're positive enough about certain things. So that is hilarious to me. And I really like, that's awesome for me to hear you say that because I also make that association with people about how it's, um, it's kind of a sign of weakness when you can't control your own mouth (laughs) and you have to resort to that kind of stuff. And the idea that they think that it would get to you. I mean, you're at the level you're at. You've already unco- un, like, uh, uncovered things about yourself that you had to do. You've overcome many obstacles, probably. Like, So the idea that somebody would resort to that is kind of laughable, really. That's, that's really funny. <laughs> I love it. What a hoot. So you're intending to play hockey in college? Um, so... I have to, so actually this is like a really big thing in my life right now because I have to decide which college I'm going to at the end of this month. And I had this, I was got, well, there was this amazing thing that happened to me last, uh, two weeks ago, I think almost two weeks ago, I opened up my acceptance letters to both, um, Harvard and Yale which wow. is crazy for me yeah. because That's prior awesome. to this, <laughs> I was, I was thinking about going to, well, I was really into going to Williams college, which has a D three lacrosse and hockey team. And okay. it's also a really good college. And I'd gotten in there and I loved it there. And I was like, I'm going to go there and I'm going to play for their hockey team. But then I got accepted to both Harvard and Yale, which is crazy. So by the end of this month, I have to decide if I'm going to go play hockey and at Williams or if I'm going to go to either Harvard and Yale. And since they're a D1 hockey team, um, I'm not going to be able to make it. But I might, I'll be able okay. to play, like, club hockey there. Sure. But yeah, um, it's really – it's really, so um, No pressure, no big deal, you know. Yeah. <laughs> It's really good. That's a good problem to have, though. I mean, if you have to have a problem, that's a great one to have. So that's fabulous. Whenever I get stressed out about my options, I'm like, I've got really good options. So none of it's going to be bad. (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. And um, so you tell me about iPlay. Tell me about that whole thing and when that started and what that means to you. Um, So that started my eighth grade year in high school or not high school, eighth grade year in middle school. And um, I was just seeing that, again, as a girl who plays in a boys' sport, and I also do a lot of other sports like mountain biking and lacrosse, I just kept on seeing my friends who were, like, amazing athletes and at the even who are better, better than me, who I consider myself a pretty good athlete. Um, mm-hmm we're dropping out of sports and all these girls, especially like within hockey or really competitive areas. And, um, I realized that it's probably, they didn't have a lot of support. There's not a lot of, um, as much as like we're growing in supporting women in sports, there's not a lot to be a lot of people like, or we don't have a very good strong community, especially like in Montana or more like 
rural areas. And sure. so I decided I wanted to start iPlay. And I just kind of, I taught hockey clinics and I recruited my sister to teach soccer clinics. And I also recruited some friends and we both taught um, lacrosse clinics to little girls to just kind of like give back to the sport. Like we have, we've all gained so much from these like sports. We've gained friends, we've lessons, we've like built up our confidence. And I thought, what better way to like build a community and keep girls in sports than to like as older girl athletes and role models to teach younger girl athletes. That's super cool because so here you are, you're like, would you say eighth grade and recognizing Mm -hmm. this and taking the initiative, it really only takes one person to say something unkind um, when you're growing up or one bad experience or you feel like you're not good enough or um, some people don't, like you said, have that support and um, it can ruin it. And um, I I commend you again, once again. Like, that's a wonderful thing to do, especially at your age. I'm, I'm really amazed and delighted. I'm delighted at how you're approaching all of these things that are popping up in your life. And I can see, it's plain as day to me, because I understand where this comes from is the support. But the idea that anything is possible or all things are possible or that you can achieve or try things and that it's okay to fail and that's normal. Like, it's not normal to be a superstar or amazing at everything that you do. And and I think that that's the common thing with youngsters especially, that they just assume that, you know, I'm not good at this. I'm going to quit because I'm not a superstar or I'm not um, the best or, you know, everybody's really self-conscious at that age too and that comes from you know having that support system and that's so touching that you would offer you know your friendship and and kinship and education to other people and I'm sure that made a huge difference in everybody's life and those are the kinds of things when that happens it snowballs and those people help other people and this is how humanity flourishes in a positive way you know it it's may seem like a small act it may seem elementary and normal for you as your way of life because that's your positive upbringing and um you know children especially they feel like anything is possible until they're told no. Like, of course you would think you think that unicorns are real and you think, you know, all of these things until somebody tells you it's not. And then you get to thinking like, oh, it's not. Like, why isn't it? Why can't I do this? Oh, I didn't know. You know, and then you become self-conscious and all of that. So, fabulous for you. (laughs) Round of applause. You're, I mean, and especially at a young age, that's when it matters the most. I, I, do you know, you know that you must know that. That the younger those things happen where you get that positive reinforcement, the better a person has a chance at having an amazing life of trying new things. I think it's interesting yes. that you mentioned the, the snowball effect because um, I play was very much kind of as a result of that. I was like, one of, I was the mid snowball, a small snowball. I was initiated by someone else. I actually had a, a hockey oh, coach yeah. and he was, he was all about, 
the reason he wanted to teach hockey was because hockey had taught him so much. And so that year, he was my assistant coach, and he helped me so much on his, like, just just for being, like, just on his own time. He took time out of his day to help me get better at hockey. And so I was like, I want to give back to the, my younger generation. And I was like, um, like mid-range in the snowballing effect that I hope it keeps going. Definitely. That matters. And you should feel proud of that. And your sister, too. Definitely. Does she play sports also? And is she still playing sports? Uh, yes, she is. My sister uh, plays hockey with me. She was on my team this year. And then uh, she also is an amazing soccer player. And I'm so Ooh. proud of her. She That's hard work, was. <laughs> Yeah, she was on the varsity team her freshman year, and our school's known for our soccer program, and she is just crazy, super super motivated, super, like, drives hard. That's cool. And you guys have each other to lean on, too, I would imagine. That's awesome. What's the age difference betwixt you? Um, We're just two years apart. Okay. We're really close. We we do get in on each other's nerves, and we are siblings, and we fight a lot, but not a lot, but we do, like, get on each other's nerves, but we're always there for each other, and we always have a blast together. And That's probably good. You keep each other on yeah. your toes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fair. Someone's got to be honest with each other. That's what we're there for. Nice. Keep each other honest. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I look back to when I was a kid, and my, my brother played sports. He played hockey. I did not. I wanted to. This was way back in the day when girls, it was, like, almost unheard of for a girl to play hockey, and I wanted to play. But everybody was so sure that I was going to get hurt. And I was like, well, they have to catch me first. <laughs> so it was kind of <laughs> but times have sure changed, and I'm so thankful for that because opportunities for women in sports are growing exponentially definitely they have been and I hope that that stays secured you know and that um that does that stuff doesn't ever change um and that there will be even more sports for women to play that men play you know because it's not completely open but whatever um so what about racing and and skiing and all the other fun do you consider those like um bike racing is that do you consider that like a hobby that you also participate in school and skiing too and your whitewater rafting and all that? Is that more of like a hobby sport? I mean, you're um, definitely, you're an adventurer. Like you're a little bit of a badass. You're doing all the like high intensity stuff and that's super cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I do like to constantly be doing stuff. That's very much a part of my personality. Um, cool. I well. Earlier on this podcast, you were talking about how, like, not being the best at something is totally okay. And the thing is, is, like, kind of as seen in my all the sports, I do – I'm very competitive. And so I always like to be the best at something, even if it's not really applicable to, like, the situation or I can't. <laughs> but um, – so that's what mountain biking is for me. So I okay. race and I mountain bike race and – I do it on the Nike League, and I only do it in the fall. I okay. mountain bike all year long, but I only mountain bike race in the fall. And 
I am not the best. I love racing, but it is so hard for me because I, I don't have the time or the because of all my other sports. And it's it's more just like a fun thing for me. And if and you're having I, a blast, is it not totally worth it? If it's just so yeah. much fun, even though you might stink at it or you're maybe mediocre, it's totally worth it, right? Yeah. And for yeah. At, when I started it, I, I, it took me a while to work through that because I was so competitive and now I just do it for so much fun. And I have, I have all these friends who are like amazing mountain bike racers who like race all year long and, and who have like built up this incredible mountain bike prowess, which I don't have cause I want to play hockey, but right. that's what mountain biking is for me. It's like kind of the challenge where I do it for fun. Like why not mountain bike? Everybody and should then, have it. No matter what it is, like it could be a sports yeah. thing or it could be like some kind of other goal, you know, it could be a social goal or a educational goal or, you know, like I really feel like people need those things and need to try new things too, because I, I feel like when you come become complacent in your life and you stop self-discovery, um, it affects you and you get into a place where, you know, when you are, are able to try something and accomplish it and the fact that you even tried, you actually get a sense of pride in the idea that you even tried it. If you can get over the idea that you're not going to necessarily be the best, but it also allows a person to understand that, that there's more that they could try other things, different things. And that's important just as a human being and growing as a human for sure. I mean, a hundred percent for sure, for sure. And then, yeah, that's, so that's what mountain biking is a hundred percent for me. And then skiing, I ski, I like to say that I have two favorite sports and one's hockey and that's where I get my competitive on. And then one skiing and I like to say that's my Zen place because I just get up on the mountain whenever I have time and then like in in between hockey games and it's just like you just let your skis run and I can just like jam out to music or ski with my sister. She's my ski buddy. And we just like pound skiing all day long and it just kind of like resets wow. my mind. Nice. That's awesome. That's cool that you have a reset and you know what it is. And then it's (laughs) skiing. That makes sense to me. I mean, I can imagine how fabulous that must be to offset whatever else you're doing. That's super cool. That's so awesome. I love that. Um, What about, so what about your academics? Like, obviously, then you're busy with schoolwork. Like, you do all these other amazing things and you're having fun and you're decompressing and you're making lovebirds and you're helping to coach people along and be a positive role model, but you're also doing your schoolwork is probably super important. It must be since you're doing so well. And um, the idea that you also are dyslexic to some effect or were, can you talk to everybody about that and what that was like for you or what it is like for you, what your academics mean to you? Does it come easy for you? Is it hard? Um, so academics, I've always, I think what, why I do so well in school and why I just love academics so much is because I love to learn. And I feel like that's seen in all my sports because I always, that's like a learning in a different kind of way. But when it comes to school, I just love to learn. And so I just like throw my heart into learning. And 
um, w- with dyslexia, uh, I think it was really rough at first. Like, so when I was in middle school and all in all my like primary education, I had to take classes after school to come and to overcome that. And I think that it taught me that, that I may not understand everything so well and that I have to work through it. And now I am lucky enough to, uh, it, dyslexia doesn't hinder me quite as much. I have a sensory processing delay. So that means that I'm a little bit slower when it comes to like thinking and putting my thoughts out into the universe. And so I'll, so things take a little bit more time for me, but if I continue to work hard through them, I, and I just like use my passion for learning, I tend to do really well and learn a lot and keep it fun for me. Cool. That's awesome. Do you get ever get stressed? I mean, does do you get stressed out in any way with all the things that you have going on? I feel like people who have a lot of stuff going on, people who are dabbling in different things and do things that they love and enjoy and are serious about um, their academics or their business or whatever the case may be, time management becomes a thing. And I, I feel like for me, like I have a lot of irons in my fire too, different ways. I'm not an athlete. Good Lord, of course I'm not. But <laughs> but I feel like when I'm managing my time, when you get to a certain place where you have so much going on, it's like a given where the time slots for certain things and how that time slot is for that thing. And it's almost like innate. Um, and then you do a shift when you have to. Do you... How do you manage, do you have a time management system for you? I mean, obviously, it's a little bit different when you have seasonal sports and those kinds of things, but are you highly regimented in that way? Um, I think I, I try to be. I'm definitely one of those persons who's like, I'm going to do this, this, and this today, and I get half of that done. And so yeah. I realized that... Um, I think that mental health is a really big priority. Uh, last year, I was I was playing hockey, and I got kind of like clotheslined from behind. It wasn't a super big hit, but just how it was taken out, and I fell down, and I blacked out. And I, uh, as an athlete who never wants to stay on the ice or like stay hurt, I'm like, okay, I get back up, and I try and get up because that's my immediate instinct. And I yeah. fall back down again and black out. And it turns oh. out I had a really bad concussion. Okay. And so leading into that, I was really anxious and really stressed and I didn't get any sleep. And then yeah. following that, I actually, um, because of I fell behind in my academics and also just not having that sport for like e- my emotional release and my fun, it I it got really stressful and I actually developed sleep paralysis because I didn't get enough sleep. And so I was, my junior year was really crazy and really stressed out. And so I kind of developed this habit. I go to bed at around nine. I try to go to bed at nine every night and wake and usually ends up being 10. And then I Uh wake up pretty early around six o'clock. Um, And so, and I get everything done in the morning so I can get my sleep. And I think that I, I'm a 
definitely very much a go with the flow person when it comes to like organizing things and like regimenting my time. But I make sure that I get enough sleep because when I get enough sleep, I am able to put all my effort into um, (laughs) my athletics and mountains. You are going to continue to move mountains. It is. It's the most important thing that you can Mm -hmm. do is to rejuvenate your body and to get enough of it. And that means that you can accomplish anything. But the one thing that you said that is a, um, a major common factor for happy and successful people. And and now I'm not going to like people equate success in different ways. Success means having a good day. You know, some people think success means making a lot of money. Some people think success means, you know, reaching certain goals, but, um, success is being able to be happy and live the life that you want to and make the choices you want and get accomplished the things you kind of want to on your terms. But the biggest part about that is people, being able to do important things right away in the morning, do do something, some things. Have the time to have the extra time to do things, accomplish things in a way that is purposeful and not hurried. Um, and that is that really has been proven. So I, that's like, I'm so thrilled to hear you say that. <laughs> it's something that took me 30 years to learn. <laughs> and you're like saying it and you're not even... You're still in high school yet. You're so brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) So that's helpful for you to get the ball rolling. Good sleep. You know, get your, get off on the right foot in the morning. Get going. And it's okay. Don't you think it's okay? I mean, I have my laundry list of stuff. And don't you think it's okay when you have a list of things you want to do, but you only get through three of them. If you gave your effort to get through those three and you enjoyed it and got a lot done and it was meaningful to you, it's okay to not do all of the things sometimes. Do you think so? Totally. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things about like life is that sometimes my list of things can stress me out, but also I like to look at it like I have the opportunity to do all these things. Like this is all I can do with my life. And if I don't fulfill it all, like, no wonder because there's so many things it's like it's a kind of a beautiful like thing to make you happy you're like holy cow I have like I can do all of these things and it's the surplus of it can make you stress but it also is kind of where you find joy that's awesome I love that well said well said yeah that's so true that's so totally true. That's very awesome. And I think, too, like, people also put a lot of um, stress on um, picking a path, like doing a path of something where they feel like, um, like, I'm going to do this or try this, and they'll get through it, and they kind of, it's not working out, or they don't like it, or that's not where their passion is, and they feel like um, it, they don't want to switch or change their mind because it looks like failure. Like, it, it looks like failure to other people. So a lot of people put a lot of stock into what other people think when they maybe shouldn't. And again, like we were talking about that with sports or academics or whatever. And at the end of the day, if you're, you know, living your life and working on your goals there's that's that's where it's at there's nothing wrong with that that's exactly the way that it should be you shouldn't worry about anybody else right yeah I think so I definitely think that (laughs) that's so cool 
So what else? You've gotten different accolades and awards, and you've been on, um, you've been ambassador, you've been a youth ambassador for the Project Bridge, and I guess um, that's kind of, those are all kind of a really big deal. I mean, I don't do you look at any of that as being a big deal, or you're just, I mean, you must be grateful, obviously. Um, how do you? Ah, uh, yes, that? totally. Um, I. I think that whenever I get these things, I'm always like, I I don't feel that I should have gotten them. And I know that's like a bad thing, but like you, some you need to like own up to some of the things you get. My mom's always like, Lily, you have to be more cocky. But I'm like, oh, that's not who I am. <laughs> and so I am just like so grateful for all, all the opportunities I've gotten. And I think that, um, again, with the ambassador to Korea, I got to go to Korea for a week and I got to study the Korean culture leading up to that. And I think it's really incredible, like the opportunities that are out there. And Mm -hmm. I think that I'm lucky enough to go to have the motivation to go seek them out and apply for these things. But just, I think there's so many people out there who want to, like help especially my age and like teach us about like the world and all you have to do is apply and I know that writing essays and all that stuff uh, is a lot but when you think about it like it's just you you write about yourself and then you get to go experience these amazing things and you're not gonna get every one of them I haven't gotten every one of them. I wanted to go back to Korea this summer and I didn't get to go back to Korea. But I think it's just amazing how if you if you apply for these things, you can kind of just like suck the marrow out of life. And <laughs> yeah. it's it's amazing. I think that a lot of people are like, Lily, you do so much to like help other people. And I'm like, well, that's because all these other people have created these programs and stuff to help me and I'm just like pushing them along and I'm lucky enough to be in a situation where I can um reach out and grab those opportunities yeah so you're you're being proactive and resourceful and that's that's another major difference is a lot of people will talk about it oh I wish I could help well you actually can you're just not you know like you can (laughs) And there's ways to do that, and you can research that or just, you know, it's at your fingertips on the computer. And um, there's a lot of fulfillment that comes in doing those things, following through with that stuff. And the the majority of people who um, talk about doing things and have wishes and and dreams about doing things but don't act on them, obviously, they won't get anywhere near achieving their goals. And so that's so fabulous that you're like, I'm just going to do it. You can do it too. <laughs> it's that easy. Yeah. How wonderful is the world that we have all those things. And mm-hmm. um, where do you, I mean, this is such a dorky question and I hate even asking this or saying this because again, like I'm not the person who likes to ever put pressure on people, but I'm not, that's not where this is coming from. It's coming from a place of what kinds of things do you, what are your hopes and dreams and goals or like, what are things that you, think about that you want to do for yourself um 
in life overall? I mean, and I don't mean for humanity at large, maybe, but what to you, where is happiness? What is happiness for you? What things do you want to, what kinds of things do you want to accomplish or do in life that you know Um, so far? (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, this is, I really want to travel the world. I, again, I love learning. And so I really want to travel the world and like take in all the experiences I can. I'm also a very much an outdoorsy person. Like you said before, I love to raft and whitewater kayak and surf and hike and hunt. And so I kind of want to travel the world and go, uh, go hang out in these amazing places. I want to go like skiing in Japan. Um, Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So if that's like, and then I always had this joke that when I was older or like when I was little, whenever I said, I don't know what I really want to do in between. And that's still the same. (laughs) And when I, I want to end up uh, with a cabin and a bunch of dogs. And I think that would still be pretty good at the end. Right. It doesn't I matter wanna, where you get there as long as you yeah. get there. That's awesome. I, I think I want to uh, go like have a lot of adventures. I'm very much an adventure seeker. And I think you can kind of get that wherever you go. And yeah. that's it my kind of... Appreciation, right? A, a place of appreciation, right? Like you can... Mm-hmm. You can go anywhere, and if you're with the right person and in the right mood or you're really soaking up what's around you, you can have an amazing experience and learn or have an adventure or a zen-like beautiful feeling anywhere if you want to. But how fabulous to see the world and how the rest of the world lives and works, and I love Mm -hmm. that. That's the best goal. You're on the right track. I love it. That's yeah. So I, that's my goal is to go experience new things. And then, and then this might change, but eventually end up probably back in Montana with a cabin and a bunch of dogs and teaching hockey. Cool. What kind of dog do you have dogs now? Do you like, I, I, have uh, dogs. I love dogs. I'm a dog person too. <laughs> I am very much a dog person too. What kind I of dog do, you- do I have a lab, um, Labrador black lab and she is so sweet she's our eldest dog and she loves to snuggle and then i have a labrador german short hair and we have my family's always had labs and then all of a sudden we got a labrador german short hair and that is a whole different breed it's got all the love and like family characteristic like family loving dog as a labrador does but like all the intensity of a german short hair and so She's, it's like a constant love 24 seven, always on top of you all comes from a good spot, but very like when you have a pet, I think everybody should have a pet, like not a goldfish, but something you can touch and hold that like you can Mm -hmm. feel it breathing and like, you know, they're, they can be, they're so soothing, you know, and Mm -hmm. loving oil. And I know, um, my husband can get stressed out sometimes from work, but he'll come home and like all that goes away because of the dogs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes cats do some of them the ones that aren't mean I guess <laughs> <laughs> I've met some really cool cats that are like these are the coolest animals ever and then I've met some cats that are like I'm like you do you and I'll do me I'll just appreciate you and look at you but you're a little yep. bit scary 
snotty a-hole cats. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I think um, that's hilarious. I had a cat that acted like a dog once, and that was my favorite cat because it acted yeah. like a dog. <laughs> so what about we? So well, I think we. I mean, I feel like did we? Is there something that we missed? Is there anything that we missed at all? I'm trying to think. I don't know if we missed anything. We kind of covered a lot, but and I'm I'm glad. Um, that we were talking, that we got to talk. I, what advice do you have? Like, if you're going to give somebody advice, anybody, a youngster who is just coming up through, you know, like probably the diff- more difficult years, uh, like middle school on up, like what kind of advice, or even younger, what kind of advice do you have for youngsters? Uh-huh. Okay. I think I have two pieces of advice. Okay. One... I think is to like like find something that defines you that you love to like that you kind of like base all your motivation around but that's not necessarily like a material goal or like it or like a a place that you want to achieve like with me my whole thing is about education and like like education whether it be in the form of like academics or like learning about with through sports or new experiences such as adventures but that way I'm constantly like that that's something that's never fully achieved right it's like something that's constantly growing and it's also really easy to measure like you can always be learning and growing and then you always have this kind of like sense of achievement and you're always moving forward and then my second advice would be um this is it's kind of random, but like join clubs and join things. Um, I am actually not a very outgoing person. I I'll I'll opt to like be hanging in my room doing art if, if I like opt I'm I'm okay like entertaining myself, but sometimes I forget that there are all these like amazing peoples out there and and then also as if I I can hang out with myself and be with myself and that's awesome. But then at some point you're like, Oh, maybe I'll be so much happy if I can happier if I do that with other people. And I learned that through COVID and being at home and doing online schooling. And then when I came back, I was like, I am going to join things and meet new people. And it doesn't really matter like what social rules or like standards there are that you think there are or like necessarily fitting in, but just kind of going and putting yourself out there and trying new things and talking to the people next to you because everyone's in their own little world. Yep, definitely. And we're all, you know, humanity is a really special thing. And I do think a lot of that was lost through COVID, you know, um, and just, it just was and everybody kind of got used to that too and it was kind of comfortable Mm -hmm. you know to like do your own thing and I think some families got closer because they um you know spent extra time together which is great but I do think that sense of self and adventure is somewhat lost in connection to people um deeper connections so that's you're so wise you are so very wise (laughs) Um, in your ways and um, for your years and I so appreciate that and I hope people take your advice and one more time could you tell everybody who would like to support Lily's Lovebirds can you tell um, everybody where to find that information again 
Um, so all you have to do is look up Lily's Lovebirds on like any web browser and it will be the top thing that comes up, lilieslovebirds.com. And it's just a website where you can buy Lily's Lovebirds or you can donate. And it talks a little bit more about like our mission and what we do and what we've achieved. And yeah, or we also have an Instagram page called um, called Lily's Lovebirds. Great. That's perfect. Good. I love that. That's great. The more more venues you can get on, the the better it is. So that's awesome. I appreciate you. You are a gem. I always say in my life, I come across people that I wish I could clone. I wish we could clone you. I mean, you would be ultimately you're so special as just the, who are, who you are. But the world would be an amazing person or place if we could clone clone you because you're an incredible person and I'm so thankful that we got to chat today and I look forward to um, hearing feedback from all of our listeners and hoping that they'll support your um, Lily's Lovebirds as well and I, I wish you nothing but success and you know continued happiness and positivity so thank you so much Lily. Thank you so much for having me. This means so much to me, and those words were so kind. Uh, this was really fun. Well, I, you can bet that I'm going to want to follow up with you and just see how you're doing because <laughs> just having fun, positive conversations for everybody, for the public to hear is a good thing. So yes. it's time that we pull this bus back into the station, everybody. I want you to know that the fan bus is not a good bus unless if it's a full bus, so you'll want to tell your friends tell your friends, friends, your family, go ahead and listen to these episodes, like, subscribe, share them, rate them. Our five-star rating means the world, of course. And definitely you can find the Fan Bus and other Patriot Sports radio podcasts on our website, as well as anywhere that you'll find podcasts. Go ahead and join our Discord as well, uh, patriotsportsnow.com. Until next time. See you later. Sadly, it's true that all kick-ass adventures must eventually come to a close. But rest assured, this will not be our last. Thank you, friends, for riding the fan bus. Now gather your belongings, throw out your trash, and promptly make your exit. And wait patiently for our next fan bus adventure. The fan bus is part of the Patriot Sports Radio family. Join our community where you can find more of what's kick-ass by visiting us at PatriotSportsNow.com. Until next time, everyone, keep it on the road.